0: Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more (laughs)
1: This is so
0: good Welcome Friendship fam, joining us at Friendship Studios is Matt Clawson and Joel Farber We're continuing to do a deep dive into First John I'm Kenny White inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast
1: Hey church fam, Joel here, and we will be doing another segment of Code Word in a future episode where we sneak a special word in during the podcast. You have two jobs. One, submit a word suggestion you'd like for us to consider using to our email address. And two, as you're listening, figure out what that word is and submit your guess for a chance to win a gift card. Please submit your word suggestions to podcast at friendshipmn.org.
0: Welcome, fam. Glad to have you with us. I'm with Matt and Joel, and we're jumping into 1 John chapter 2. We're starting uh, in verse 18. So I'll give you just a second to get there. Yeah. And
2: we're going to talk about antichrists.
1: Unless you're driving.
2: (laughs) Antichrists in this
0: passage. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, anyone, what is the strangest thing you've ever heard about the identity of the Antichrist? I remember when I was in the second grade in my Sunday school class, I I literally had my second grade Sunday school teacher teach me that Ronald Reagan was the Antichrist. Why? Because all three of his names, Ronald Wilson Reagan, had six letters in it, 666. Right. Ronald Reagan was clearly the
0: Antichrist. Well. So you say that and I remember the National Enquirer, you know when you would go through the grocery store line, the National Enquirer would be right there. Mm-hmm. And and they had stuff like that. Like mm. on the cover of the National Enquirer, so you knew it was news. Yeah. And what? It was real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I don't know I don't know the details of this specifically, but apparently, you know, Monster energy drinks Apparently, the logo that looks like an M, mm-hmm. if you actually look at it closely, is supposedly like Hebrew or Aramaic or Arabic or some, <laughs> some old text. <laughs> it's the number. <laughs> the number six. Oh, six, no. six, six. Oh, Come no.
0: On. Monster energy. Hey, cake. we're laughing okay. with you, Joel. Not at you. Yes.
1: I okay. Know. I know n- not a lot about the Antichrist, but if it's going to be something, might as well be in a can.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Ooh. thought of that before. Right. Uh Matt, to your question, uh I think I think the weirdest one I had was someone was trying to convince us that Mikhail Gorbachev was the Antichrist because he had the mark of the beast on his forehead.
1: <laughs> I was like, what? who is that? What? <laughs> who is Mikhail? Oh, no, Gorbitch?
0: Google it. Gorbitch. Just, just Google I'm it. I'm sorry. Say it. Say, say it again. Was it a <laughs> w- wrestler? <laughs> Sounds like a wrestler. Oh, no. He tag team with the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> you nailed it. Oh you nailed my it. goodness. Yes, he is definitely. Okay, a wrestler. we need to move on. Nailed it right <laughs> on his head. On. That's true. Wow. Oh man.
2: Okay, first John chapter two. Well, that's not fair.
0: Verse 18. <laughs> Joel, <laughs> would you read this for us? All right. Uh, verse are, are oh we my. just gonna read all the way through it? Is that the best way to go, sure. you think? Let's do that.
1: Let's do that. All okay. right, so Genesis one.
0: No, not that. First oh. John chapter two, <laughs> oh, verse eighteen through twenty-seven.
1: All right. Oh man. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are all not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him.
0: Yeah, there, there are so many things in this passage that, that we can jump into, but, but one of the things that I think is really important for us is to remember that there's a group of people that are invading the church at this time, and they're coming in with secret knowledge, and they're saying things like, you know, we actually have the keys to eternal life. We know, like, it was uniquely revealed to us, and there's this group of people who are young in their faith, who are growing in the Lord, who have, they've believed that they're sinners in need of a Savior. That Jesus died on the cross for them. Uh, that He conquered sin and death. Rose from the grave. He's extended life to. They believe that. And there's this group of people coming in, invading the church that are saying, "You're you're simple. Hmm. That like that's sweet, but that's not that's not the way it is." Hmm. And so John, in kind of this fatherly way, it, it is telling them, "Now you have something that is that is." Uh, special that you 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 have the faith, you know. Don't don't believe these lies, and and so he starts in uh, verse eighteen with, "It is the last hour," and um, I think that's interesting. There are others who talk about that. Uh, Peter talks about it. Jude talks about. Uh, they use last day uh, as opposed to last hour, and. Uh, it's funny because with both of them, they also add scoffer. You know, in those days, there there will be a lot of scoffing. There will be hmm. scoffers there. And I, I just think that that's interesting when we look at our days and that probably uh, scoffing and scoffers are, uh, I don't know, as easy to find as they ever have been, at least since I've been alive. So uh, that was just something that stood out in that first line. Uh, anything, anything for you guys as you, as I, I think that jumps jump out in? to all of us, right? When John says it's the last hour, yeah. like, what does he mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's been more than 60 minutes since he wrote this.
1: <laughs> uh, right. So
2: <laughs> good point. What does it help us understand about how time is, <laughs> how time is treated? Um, the last hour clearly is not a designation of a certain number of minutes here. Mm-hmm. What, what, it, how is it the last hour? Mm-hmm. It's been almost 2000 years since he wrote this.
0: Yeah. So what what did he mean? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I you know, one of the things that all all of the New Testament writers outside of the gospels seem to uh agree on and that is in you know that they 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 talk about signs, right? Like things to be looking for in those uh, in those last days. Um and and i i don't know i i guess i've just been kind of uh lost in the compare and contrast of some of those identifiers uh i know i'm not answering your question but i I'm, I'm i'm just kind of sharing uh, from my heart as i've been looking at this and thinking about these last hours and last days mm. uh that that there you know paul writes um earlier uh, about those those last days being um you know in those days there there'll be all kinds of things and one of the things that he identifies is that they they won't they won't respect their parents like hmm. they'll be murderers and adulterers and oh yeah and they don't respect their parents like that is in his worldview that's at the top of the list hmm. and I was just like huh that's that's an interesting identifier. We grapple with this because John says, we know
2: it is the last hour. Mm-hmm. So 2,000 years ago was the last hour. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, I think we would say, and this is also the last hour. Mm-hmm. And every moment between when John wrote this and today has been the last hour. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out, I mean, to some degree what that means. And we look to passages like maybe Hebrews twelve one. That says, but in these last days, he, God, has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ, uh, that the last days are the days of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The last hour is the time of Christ between his first and second coming. Mm-hmm. There, there is no other hour to come, mm-hmm. right? I, uh, I think... When we read about the fact that John declares the last hour to be present 2,000 years ago, it helps us to understand um, the last hour, the last days within the framework of the New Testament is this entire section of time, mm-hmm. and that there is no next section of time before Christ's return. There's no Third Testament. There's no Old mm-hmm. Covenant, New Covenant, Newer Covenant.
0: This That's is a it. really good point, yeah. This is it. Well, and I think a lot of people— also would look at that and go ah see he thought it was the last hour 2000 years ago and here we are 2000 years later saying the same thing and clearly things have changed and uh, and so i appreciate you bringing up that point because it is it is a point of clarity there there is no other hour we are we are existing in that dash between mm-hmm. christ's return right the yep. first coming and second coming there's another phrase in here that is uh one that is used a lot and you already referred to it earlier in the podcast and that's antichrist and um it's it's a a little concerning is as and and as you have heard that antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come hmm. uh generally when we say antichrist we think of the the antichrist right mm-hmm. like the revelation antichrist um, but here, I mean, if, if we can just break it down to simplest terms, it means against Christ. Mm-hmm. So many against Christ have come. Many against Christ have invaded the church. Many against Christ, those who, uh, maybe even put on a, a spiritual face, but are really against Christ mm. are here.
2: Yeah, I, I, you just uh, talked about the revelation antichrist and it reminds me of a bit of trivia for our people this really is trivia uh, right but where other than here in first john does the term antichrist appear right, right. only in the book of second john yes only in first and second john does the term antichrist appear and so we may read about antichrist in places like Daniel 7 or Second Thessalonians 2 or Revelation, but that is never the name given yes. in any of those other places. It's only used here, and strangely enough, here it's many. Mm-hmm. Right? There are many Antichrists who were there 2,000 years ago right. that he's referring to. So then, uh, Kenny, as you're talking about the Antichrists and the fact that they are against Christ, right? who is that, that John is writing about here? Right, almost two thousand years ago,
0: who are these antichrists that right. he's concerned about? Right. Well, we know by name that there was a Serenthus that um, uh, that John is uh, addressing, and some of the early church fathers confirm that. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole group that are uh, that that later become the Gnostics that um, uh, that seem to be a part of who John is talking about, and it's. It's an interesting point because I I think that oftentimes we look at this and we immediately want to think in terms of government and uh, you know these outside entities, uh, but this is this is internal. Like this this seems to be about relationships yeah. that are happening inside the church. Yeah, this is the the cancer
2: of false teaching within the church that mm-hmm. has to get cut out here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and. In verse 22 he says, "Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ?" Uh, m- my understanding is there was at least some teaching going on at this point that separated Jesus from the Christ yes uh, Jesus man in the flesh versus the Christ who came on him at baptism and left at crucifixion
0: right yep. uh,
2: and that. so there's a sense here in which he's saying, no 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 you guys like anyone, anyone who's teaching that that's Antichrist." yes um that and and later on in chapter Four, he's going to talk about false teachers who deny that Jesus came in the flesh, mm-hmm. right, and so you have these false teachers that are being addressed, and uh, it's just a it's a reminder to me of how much of the New Testament addresses false teaching mm-hmm. that goes on and and how open our eyes need to be. Do to you this. see that today? do I
0: Do I see us address it, or do I see false teaching? False teaching and specifically antichrist?
2: Well, and I think yeah we we see that there's more teaching available to people than ever before. If you go back a hundred years, mm-hmm. where did you get your teaching? Well, you went to church on Sunday, yeah, and maybe you you know got a book occasionally. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: now you can open yourself up to dozens of teachers every week in multiple platforms. And some of that is great. Some of that's a wonderful opportunity. Um, But when there is more teaching, there is also more false teaching available. Mm -hmm. And so it is easy to wind up walking down the road of of false teaching these days because it is so readily available on all
0: kinds of platforms that we can get into, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's scary. Um, You know, so backing up just a little bit in verse 20, uh, I love this, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. And uh, Mm. he uses the term anointed several times, which is closely related to the uh, Greek word for Christ. And And I just love the play on words that he's connecting Real believers, real followers of Jesus with Christ uh in in a concrete way in Greek, it doesn't come out in English as as easily, but uh there there is that connection, and our our anointing is connected to Christ is only found in Christ. Mm. and because of that anointing, you have knowledge now uh, i i'm gonna I'm gonna skip down towards the end of this, yeah, uh Joel and Matt, just to uh, just because we're talking about false teaching. And I I see this passage used a lot, mm. and and it it bothers me. <laughs> and <laughs> it says this: "But the anointing that you received from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you.
2: Mm.
0: But as His anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in Him." Mm. You have no need that anyone should teach you mm-hmm. and i I hear this this uh perpetuated i in my prayer time, I pray as I look at the scripture and God tells me, and I don't need to find man's teaching on this mm-hmm. because the spirit tells me mm-hmm. that sounds really spiritual mm-hmm. uh, it's also really dangerous mm. yeah. Um, I think it's dangerous for a couple of reasons, and maybe you want to flesh this out a little bit. But if the Holy Spirit is audibly speaking to you directly, then why do we even need the Word of God? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that would be. What, I'm talking about the Bible when right. I say the Word of God. It also, I think, the way that that comes across is the lack of being under authority, and being under authority seems to be a biblical principle that is is overlooked in the West a lot. Mm. I don't know. What are some of your thoughts as you hear that passage and my ramblings? Well, um, I guess we talk about this a lot, but in
2: in my mind, this is a danger that we see every time we walk through some passage of ripping a verse out of its context, Hmm. Uh, right? Because this context is all about the ability to discern true teaching from false teaching. Uh, And if we read verse 27, rip it out of its context and say, hey, you don't need anybody to teach you. Because you've got the anointing, uh, the question immediately arises. Well, well, then why is John writing to them? Right. right? Verse twenty six said, "I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you." Why? Yeah. Wait. Why is he writing to them if they don't have any need for anyone to teach them? <laughs> right. And and that leads to the question: Why is God so foolish as to establish certain people with the gifts of teaching if none of His people need that kind of teaching yes. in their life? This clearly isn't what John is saying right. in verse twenty seven. Uh, but he, I, I think. What he is saying is, you have the ability through the anointing you've received of the Holy Spirit, verse 27, and you have the ability by abiding in the word, abiding in what you have been taught, verse 24, to discern true teaching from false teaching. Uh, they don't need John to tell them every true teaching from false teaching, like don't listen to this person, listen to, don't listen. Between the word, and the work of the Spirit, they should be able to discern that for themselves. Uh, Our people here at Friendship, Mm -hmm. they don't need Kenny to identify every true teacher and every false teacher that is out there. Verse 24 says, because of the apostles' teaching that they've received, and verse 27 says, because of the work of the Holy Spirit that's in their life, if they abide in those things, in the the word they've received and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit— They have the capacity to judge true teaching from false teaching without some expert needing to tell them every true teacher and every false teacher. Uh, And I think that's what verse 27 is getting at. It isn't, Mm -hmm. well, you don't have any need for any teaching. Again, the question immediately arises: why are you writing to them, John, if that is true? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, That doesn't make any sense. Um, And so, you know, I think think that we have to see verse 27 in light of the whole context of telling true teaching from false teaching. Right. uh, Christian teaching from antichrist teaching.
0: Yes.
2: And we have to see it in the context of verse 24 that says, let what you have heard from the beginning... Right, the gospel message, right. the word that is the apostles' teaching, abide in you. Right, right. It it isn't just oh you've you've got this you're good. Right. Well, he just
0: talked about the essential teaching that's necessary. Well, and and isn't it interesting that from the, you know, the very beginning, I mean, the Great Commission. Make disciples, baptize them, teach them like that. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. And then in Acts chapter two, they they were supposed to be under the authority of the apostles teaching like mm-hmm. that. That was a part of it. And yeah. and then it continues on here. That which you have heard from the beginning. Yeah. So uh, this matter of teaching is big. So that leads me to kind of this next question. So are are there some. Um, are there some teachers that you want to call out by name in the podcasts to come? We could just take time. And I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should have seen the room just light up as as oh uh, I made that comment. You Joel guys, has
2: an entire list of names over here. He's ready to read.
0: <laughs>
2: right. But it, it does seem to me like the passage says the key to avoiding the teachings of the Antichrist, of, of avoiding the teachings of those who teach falsely, is Abiding, right? That's a word yes. that you noted, Kenny, even before we started this podcast. Yeah. Verse 24, abiding in what they have received, the word that they've yeah. received, right? The gospel yeah. message, the word of the apostles, the, the, for us, the word of God. Right. Verse 27, abiding in the anointing that God's spirit brings to our lives. We have to abide in the things of God mm-hmm. um, so that they're so familiar to us that anything that isn't of the word, isn't of the spirit, uh rings a bell, mm-hmm. we go ding 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 oh that that doesn't sound right that' doesn't, that sounds false, right? Whether it's us listening to a teacher or us listening to songs playing on the radio or us having a conversation Great with point. friends there should be there should be constant uh well, there should be the ability for false teaching warning bells to be going off in our heads during mm-hmm. all of those yeah. things. yeah, like, wait, what did that song just say? Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's on a Christian radio station, but that that doesn't seem to resonate with what the word says. The, right. Those those bells need to go off because we are abiding yes. deep resonance with the word and the spirit.
0: Yes, no, I I appreciate that, and and so often we get off track, we get off that abiding, and we we get distracted. One of the uh, I don't know, Joel, if you can put like a, a bell or something in at this point, but you probably should because I'm about to say something <laughs> encouraging to both you guys. Um, I just talked about a false teaching bell. I thought you were about to
2: <laughs> no, give us some false teaching. No, no, could, no. You, could you ring a bell here during Kenny's false teaching?
1: Why am I getting hungry with all this talk of ringing bells?
0: <laughs> oh, Pavlov, stop. <laughs> uh, so, so one of the things that I, I've... I've appreciated from both of you guys is, uh, you know, Matt. You've really dug down into uh, teaching and and over the course of the next seven years, we've talked through w- w- what are the essential doctrines that we'll be working through. While you have been, um, I, I think that has been a a, a heart's desire, something that that has been really cool to watch you with. At the same time, that's happening. Joel has been saying. Uh, you know, we want to be careful with the type of ways that we're worshiping. Like, does this song worship God or worship our intentions? Is this about uh, us or is this about God? And I just I, I just want to say to you both, I really appreciate how you lead and how you love Jesus and steer us toward it. So thank you both for that. Uh, I guess for you, the listener, I'm wondering, how is God meeting you where you're at? You know, we don't have to be uh, super spiritual, and sometimes I think some of the thoughts that go through our head is, uh, I can't fully understand the scriptures, or I, I, I don't get it, or I don't speak Greek, or I don't speak Hebrew, so I'm just going to trust other people, or I'm not as spiritual as this person or that person, and, and, and I understand it, but I, I want to I discourage you from abiding in that thought. And I want to encourage you to just be faithful with the word right now where you're at. God bless you. And as you go about your day, don't forget to love, live, and serve like Jesus. We'll see you soon.
1: And Kenny, thank you as well for your commitment to sound teaching and sound doctrine and what we're doing here at Friendship Church. It is an honor to partner with you and Matt in that And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining in each and every week. We'll see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast.